0: Wednesday night in our Bible study, we we taught from Ephesians. where the Apostle Paul said there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. That's a biblical principle, folks. I don't care if you don't like it or not, it's the truth. It's the Word of God. And the church today the church, let me me say the church world, has gotten so far away from what God intended it to be and what it was when he began the church on the day of Pentecost. Uh, Churches in all faiths and denominations down through the years have built in Rituals and programs that don't do nobody no good. We can create a program around here where we do this and do that. And program everything down. And program the Holy Spirit plumb out of the service. And we'll come here and sit here and we go home and we haven't received nothing. Since the day of Pentecost, there's one thing, one thing that makes the service and also makes a difference in your life in regards to, to changing your life and giving you what you need. And of course, I'm talking about nothing other than the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God. Hallelujah. Everything that I am and what I strive for this congregation of people to be is that we do everything possible to allow the anointing of the Holy Spirit to permeate the services. Because it is, the, the Bible says, and here again, You'll hear this misquoted. Some people say, and some Bible teachers on TV say, Well, you know, the Bible says the anointing breaks the yoke. No. The Bible says the anointing destroys. Some people say, Well, what's the difference? Well, something broke a lot of times can be fixed. hallelujah and if you and that's what's wrong with a lot of people in their Christian walk with God hallelujah They've had things in their life that's bound them, amen, things in their life, amen, that's got control of them, and they got just a little enough
1: of religion to break something, and the devil's going to come right along behind it and fix what's been broken. But when the anointing of God moves in your life, it don't break it. It destroys it. And if it's destroyed, it's forever gone. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah.
0: St. John's Gospel, chapter 7. Amen. And beginning in verse 37. We're going to read 37 through 39 for our text today. Hallelujah. Amen. I, as I said, I've used these scriptures before. And if you've heard me talk, talk, teach any, you've heard me tell you, the story behind this scripture. It says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Hmm. Hallelujah. Next scripture. He that believeth on me As the scripture hath said, out of his belly or out of his innermost being, out of his heart, down here, shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39. Notice it's in parentheses. But this spake he of the Spirit. And notice that word Spirit there is capitalized. In the King James Version of the Bible, any time you see the word Spirit capitalized, it's talking about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. If it's a small s, it's talking about your spirit most of the time. Hallelujah. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, Because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Lords, we come today. I thank you and praise you for the privilege to be in your house. I thank you for those that are here. We still pray for those that couldn't be here today. Now for the next few moments, God, take this servant, Lord. Use me, God, to deliver the word according to your will. And we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, let the church say Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. These are some very interesting scriptures. You're reading here in the 7th chapter of John. And then you come upon that verse that says, In that day, the last great day of the feast... Jesus stood and he cried. Hmm. <laughs> Some people say, why why you Pentecost people won't get so loud for? Well, Jesus shouted sometimes. He hollered out. And on that last, on that on that day of that feast, the last day of the great day of it, all of a sudden, Jesus. <laughs> cried. He cried it out. He, He wasn't silent about it. He wasn't soft about it. He lifted his voice. He said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now a lot of people read that and they never will think to ask the question, what made Jesus all of a sudden jump up and holler out? and cried this. What made him do that? When we read history and behind this verse, on that last day of the feast, we know, and if you've got a good study Bible, maybe down in the footnotes you'll see the word, the Feast of Tabernacles. They they was in the midst of a seven-day-long feast going on in Jerusalem at this time. I can even tell you the month that this happened. This happened in the month of October because that's when they had the Feast of Tabernacles every year. It was seven days long. Now, just bear with me for a few minutes while I lay a foundation of my message. And people came from all over Israel to Jerusalem for that seven-day feast, celebration. And they would set up tents. If you could go back in time, all along the roadsides in Jerusalem, you'd see little tents, like little camping tents set up everywhere because they would come from all over Israel. And for seven days, they would camp out there. The reason why they did that they did that to remember back when their forefathers wandered around in the wilderness for forty years living in tents didn't have a permanent place to call their home so ever since God brought them out of the uh, uh, um, the wilderness and brought them into the farm of uh, uh, of the land of promise, every year they would have this seven day long feast called the Feast of Tabernacles, and they would camp out. It would be everywhere. Now, here come the religious people, the Pharisees and Sadducees and the priests, doing like a lot of religious folks do, and they come up with this ritual. And on the last day, the seventh day of that feast, that was the highlight. They called it the great day of it. it. Everything was coming. I mean, people were there. They'd been there all week long. And uh, they, they're built up uh, to this final day. And they had, the priest had this ritual with the Levites and every one of them. They had a possession and they would walk down to the pool out there of Siloam. And that priest would have a golden pitcher. And Brother Paul, he would get water from that pool in that golden pitcher. And he would be carrying it back up to the temple area with all those uh, big procession behind him, kind of like a parade. And it was a ritual to them that this is how they capped everything off. They were chatting in Hebrew, Isaiah chapter twelve, where it said, "With joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation." Now the word salvation in the Hebrew. Is Yeshua, <laughs> Yeshua. That's the Hebrew word for salvation in Hebrew. Guess what the Hebrew meaning for Jesus is? Yeshua. Hallelujah. So here they was
1: doing their religious thing. Doing their. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm, my God. Hallelujah. Amen. That wasn't.
0: For hundreds and hundreds of years never set nobody free, never healed nobody, never did nothing for nobody. And there they was and they had this pitcher of water and the priest take it up there and then they would circle the altar and pull that water out. That's what was happening when Jesus had about a belly full of it
1: because in the middle of all of that Jesus stood and cried, if any man is thirsty, come unto me and Holy God, it ain't in the rituals. It ain't in religious program. The denomination has something to do with it, but it's in the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, forget about that other drink. You're thirsty. You got a void in your life. Come to me and get a drink. Woo.
0: And that's what I'm preaching about today. The title of this message, Let the River Flow. Hallelujah. There's some people in their life today who needs to let the river flow. There's some churches in this world today who need to let the river flow. Our rituals, our traditions cannot do anything for nobody. Hallelujah, it's only symbolism. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot of people, they have felt the Holy Spirit on them, on the outside of them. Makes them, makes them feel funny, makes them shake. Sometimes it'll make them weep, make them cry. And that's, that's all people ever had in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit would come on people. The Bible says... Many a time the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit came on Samson and he did those great things that he did. Hallelujah. But Jesus had something better in mind. Hallelujah. He said, if any man is thirsty, come unto me and drink. Because out of your innermost being will spring up rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Oh. Oh, if you've ever, if you've ever been in a service and you felt the Holy Ghost moving on you, how you tingle and how you shake and everything. Oh, words can't describe. Once you've got that spirit come in you and it begins to flow out of you. Hallelujah, because you've taken a drink Glory, God of that water, Hallelujah, Amen. Jesus stood and cried, "If any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink." But somehow, some kind of way, some of us can't seem to shake the past. We can't shake our traditions.
1: We can't shake shake all these other things. Hallelujah! And Jesus stood up in the midst of that crowd, and he was tired of it. He said, "Hey, they all they was they was quoting scripture." With joy shall you draw water out of the wells of Yeshua. And Yeshua stood up. And Yeshua said, if any man's thirsty, come get a drink. Can you? Hallelujah. Glory.
0: Glory. Glory. See, the water that Jesus has for you today is the water that satisfies. Hallelujah. Amen. Water that satisfies. If you ever get a good drink of Jesus in your life, you may go back and try to pick up this and try to pick up that, but you're going to be miserable. You ain't going to be satisfied. You're not going to be happy. Everything is going to go against you once you get a let me and, and once you get a drink of it it don't matter it don't matter who says it ain't real it don't matter who says it's just
1: a bunch of hype but once you get it flowing from you, glory to God, no devil, hallelujah, and all of hell can tell you any difference. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Brother Travis, is one sitting there, can still tell you the day, amen, when he first felt the power of God. It don't come from religion. It don't come from man. But it comes from the Holy Ghost. And that is what the world needs. Living water.
0: Water that satisfies. Water that satisfies. Let's go and read some scriptures. Another place in the book of John. John chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 5 through 14. Then I'm going to stop for a moment. And we'll read a little bit further. John chapter 4 verses
1: 5.
0: Then cometh he to a city of Samaria. Which is called uh, Sachar, near the parcel of ground that Joseph, Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour, or in other words, it was around noon. It was about noontime. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me to drink. For his disciples was gone away into the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no demons with the Samarians. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God.
1: Oh, Lord. If
0: I could just some kind of way get more people in this world to understand the gift that God wants to give you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember my life before I had it. And I know it now. There's nothing like that gift. Hallelujah. He said, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is, is said unto thee, Give me to drink. He said, You would have asked me, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said to him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. I don't see a bucket in your hand. I don't see a rope in your hand. This well is deep. From which then hast thou living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thou of himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the
1: water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water. Spring up in everlasting life. Glory to God. You need that satisfaction that the Holy Ghost only can give.
0: It satisfies Hallelujah, The drug addict will get a hit, feel good for a while, and been hit bottom. It don't last. They find himself going back for another, another, and then a little stronger, a little stronger. Hallelujah so so with the alcoholic, so with the woman like Jesus was talking to at the well here today, running here and there, trying to find something to fill a void in their life that nothing satisfies. There's a song... They used to sing I believe it, it, it was in the old we used to have the old, the old song books at the old church back before the days of the modern stuff where we got the songs on the wall the songbook says only Jesus can satisfy your soul only he can take a broken heart and make it whole hallelujah there is nothing in this world that can satisfy the need in your life like jesus christ do you believe that same man hallelujah the second thing i want to talk about in this in this message is man made religion can't satisfy Man-made religion can't satisfy. If you'll look around this facility, the looks of it, it's no different than hundreds of other house of worship in the Nashville area. Many are, are bigger. Some, many of them are smaller. Hallelujah. We come from a place that I only had one section of pews. But you look around, it's got the look of a church, pews, uh, Bible stand, musical instruments. Got a cross hanging back there over the baptistry with crown thorns hanging over it. Churches, you can see buildings like this. And any other, any kind of churches. Baptist, Methodist. Hallelujah. The list goes on and on. But what makes the difference is not the building. It's not the chandeliers. It's not this fancy Bible stand with a stretch of glass and stuff that we had with our logo put on it. None of the stuff that you see with your eye is what causes people feel something down in here as we come together and we begin to worship. And sometimes people come up front and people are praying and people are worshiping and then it makes 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 you begin to feel jittery, amen. And and what it what makes the difference, folks, is the anointing of God. It's not it's not present everywhere. I'm not saying that they're not bad. I, I'm not saying they're bad people. I've got a lot of kin folks in another denomination. I br- I broke. I, I know I'm, I told you in the beginning I ain't, I ain't gonna be telling you nothing today that I hadn't told you before. Man, I broke a long line of history, going back for years and years. My daddy, my granddaddy, my granddaddy's daddy. I I, I, I could be I could be living on Easy Street, pastoring a Baptist church today somewhere. Amen. With well, hundreds of members, thousands of members. But one night, out of fate, we found ourselves in a little Pentecostal church in Columbia, Tennessee. Went down there to find a revival that was going on in another church. Daddy couldn't find it. Ran across that Pentecostal church. Dad said, we just we drove, we drove down here and we just was to go in. I've told you the story before. That night I witnessed something and I felt something that I never felt in my life. I knew it was real. Although I never experienced it, never have heard it taught. And it hurt me because there was my mom, my dad. And my daddy had been in the ministry for forty years, but after hearing the word and seeing what I saw and felt, what I, I said, I'm not leaving here tonight until I get baptized in Jesus' name. That changed. My world, it put me on a different path. I've seen God do some miraculous things through the power of the Holy Ghost. I I was just a kid. I I was fifteen. I'd been preaching for a year. I, God called me to ministry at fourteen. I've already started preaching uh, uh, with uh, with my daddy at youth revivals at, at the age of fourteen. But glory to God, Amen. <laughs> That song is the same sometimes, how true it is. Amen, what a difference he made in my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen, there
1: was a that came upon me. Amen, like I never experienced before. Glory to God, I can't, I became sad. Man, man-made religion and programs just didn't satisfy me. But glory to God, there was something in my life that changed me.
0: And as t- you know the story well, for over 20 years after that, I became an outcast of my own family because I broke a tradition. Huh. But like the song says, I don't regret a mile. I've traveled for the Lord. God blessed me because I've seen my father after preaching 45 years be rebaptized in Jesus' name. I've got a sister right now that even though She's not in the Pentecost of faith. She's one of the ones who got up and got so mad at me preaching under her tent one night behind behind the house over on Centennial Avenue. Amen. And walked out, and I didn't have a word with her for how many years. That same sister, when she got a need and had colon cancer, amen, she called brother, hallelujah,
1: in his church and said, I want your church to pray for me. She didn't call that damn church that she'd been a part of for all those years. She called the place that she knew the Spirit of God was. And she
0: what he could do let's go down to verse 15 of chapter 4 I'm I'm going to wind this up the woman said unto him sir give me this water that I thirst not neither come here to draw Jesus said unto her go call thy husband (laughs) my 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 you see Uh Jesus has a way of upsetting your apple, uh, apple cart. Hallelujah. He knew more about that lady than she realized. So when she said, Lord, I want some of that water, I'm going to tell you something, folks. If you really are thirsty and you want a good drink, a genuine drink of this Holy Ghost, then there's some things in your life you've got to take care of. Hallelujah. Go call my husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, "I have no husband." Jesus said unto her, "Thou hast well said, I have no husbands, for thou hast had five husbands, and him who thou now hast is
1: not thy husband. in that saith truly. Wow.
0: Wow. You see, this woman had been searching something all her life and she was going from relationship to relationship to try to peace and have. Let me stop and say this right now. I believe in biblical marriage. One man, one woman, until death do you part because that's what the book says. And if somebody's going to get married, that's the only only right way to do it. But let me stop and say having said it, let me say this. And maybe, maybe I need to, I don't know, talk to the younger ones that are here. But first of all, ladies, you don't need a man to fulfill your life. Men, you don't need a woman to fulfill your life. If you're looking anywhere to have peace in your life and joy in your heart, it ain't going to come from a man or a woman or children or nothing else.
1: Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. People go to relationship after relationship looking for peace, looking for something to satisfy
0: and She done tried it five times, and so she was even living the one now. When Jesus met her, she was living the one not even married to him. (laughs) Let's read on just a little bit further. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where we... Men afterwards. See, there always has been an argument about what's right and wrong about worship. Hallelujah. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. He says, you worship, you know not what. And sadly, there's a lot of people sitting in church feuds today worshiping something they don't even know what they're worshiping. Jesus told her, he says, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers, everybody say true worshipers. The Bible plainly lets us know, folks, there's true and there's false. Hallelujah. The true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit (laughs) and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must. Everybody say must. must. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. You've got to have the Spirit of God, and you've got to have His Word. You, there, there's no other way to worship God than in spirit and truth, brother. There's no other way. Now, we're living in changing times, and you're hearing all kinds of stuff. This past Thursday was the... And I'm going to tell you this story, and then I'm going to close. This past Thursday, they had their national prayer breakfast in Washington, D.C. They had all kinds. Uh, The president was there. Uh, The leader of another... Far East religion was there, the Dalai Lama. And different Muslims and others some other kind of faith. And uh, <laughs> our illustrious president gets up and says, don't go up for us to get on our high horses. Ain't nothing, no worse about what ISIS did to that guy burn him alive in that uh, cage and what the crusaders did in in the name of Christ. He don't know history. history. There's a whole lot he don't know, brother. (laughs) That's nothing different. We're hearing that all the time. The Christian faith is being down all the time. But there was a man there Hadn't been called to preach, but he, he gave one of the best messages I've heard. Old Darrell Waltram. How many watch any of that scene that on? Hallelujah. He's just an old humble country boy. Born and reared in Owensboro, Kentucky, now lives in Franklin, Tennessee. Hallelujah. He wasn't arrogant. No. He wasn't hateful and rude. But he stood right there, just feet from the president and the Dalai Lama and all them other religious leaders. Mm -hmm. He says, "You know, there was a day I tried to do things my way." He says, "Nobody liked me on the track or off the track." And he wouldn't told us gave gave his testimony. And he says i was one man then i'm another man today Then he gave reference to a crash that happened to him in daytona one year that he almost lost his life he said after i got through that and i survived that he said something spoke to me and asked me the question says boy you won all these races. Your name's known around the world. But where would you be if you'd have died in that car crash at Daytona that year? And he turned around and looked at me. He said, without Jesus Christ, I would have went straight to hell. And he told them all that without Jesus, you're lost. It don't matter what man-made religions do. And I'm I'm here to tell you, folks, uh, you need to forget about what this one is doing and what that one is doing. Don't worry even about the majority. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says that hell has to enlarge yourself. Amen. To take all the people going to them. You don't find where heaven is enlarging itself, but
1: hell is enlarging its Glory to God. Don't look for, amen, the big crowd. Because if you follow Jesus more and more in this day, you will be in the majority. But without Jesus Christ, you don't have a hope.
0: Stand to your feet.
1: Brother Darrell, come sing us a chorus.